Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. People who missed out on COVID relief may be getting some extra help. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Federal stimulus checks provided a lifeline to many folks earlier in the pandemic, but many people didn't qualify or weren't able to access the payments. So the Chicago Resiliency Fund 2.0 aims to distribute one-time $500 payments to people who may have missed out on prior COVID stimulus money. Katie Dura is the Senior Director of Programs at Heartland Alliance, and Catherine Soha is the Director of Asset Building Programs at Heartland. Catherine, let's start with the origin story here. How did the Chicago Resiliency Fund 2.0 come to be? Uh, Well, 2.0 is a $500 relief payment that is going out to more than 25,000 low-income Chicagoans. And this particular round is for undocumented and for domestic workers who live in Chicago. Um, The recipients of this relief payment need to be uh, age 18 or over, and they need to have household income at 300% of the federal poverty guidelines or under. I see. And Katie, it has been some time since we saw federal COVID stimulus checks. So why now? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, So as you noted, Sasha, in the intro, there were so many folks that when those stimulus payments from the federal government came out, um, didn't qualify or weren't able to access it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're really, you know, excited at Heartland Alliance to be able to partner um, with the mayor's office and the city department of family and support services um, to help provide these relief payments to some of these really um, specific vulnerable populations. Um, so, even though it takes a while to kind of get programs off the ground sometimes and get the money into the hands of them, our goal has been to work as quickly and efficiently as possible. So you've been at this for some time, trying to get it going? Yeah, so it's been going... our phase, uh, the first phase actually came out last fall where we focused um, this project on depend uh, people who applied for uh, tax filers in 2019 um, who also claimed a dependent, 17 years or older, because, again, they mm-hmm. were also in that bucket of folks that didn't qualify for those federal stimulant payments. I see. That was kind of phase one. We're now in phase two, as Catherine said, where we can focus on um, both undocumented residents and domestic workers. Yeah. Tell us more about that, Catherine, and, and talk about how Heartland Alliance got involved. Yeah, um, we're actually really, really excited to be involved in this. Um, Heartland has been involved in the cash assistance world for a number of years now. Um, We have had um, folks in our policy and advocacy department who have worked on uh, the protection of public benefits in the cash assistance space for a long time and been very successful. And um, the Heartland's Heartland's asset building programs have also been involved in cash assistance. Um, for example, we administered the um, Family Self-Sufficiency Program with mm-hmm. the Chicago Housing Authority, and we were also a coalition member uh, with Get My Payment Illinois, which uh, sought to connect Illinoisans with uh, the stimulus payments by encouraging them to file their tax returns and take advantage of that money and also claim earned income tax credit and the CTC as well. So we've been involved in the cash assistance space uh, for quite a while. So this, I think, was a natural fit for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been very exciting to get cash to people. Cash is, um, 
you know, kind of a new way of bringing benefits to people uh, in contrast with traditional social services, which, of course, Heartland does provide a lot of. Yeah. But cash... Have you been getting responses from folks? As you said, it, it, it's exciting to give this cash to people. I can imagine <laughs> the difference you're making in, in some people's lives, right? Yeah, it is. It's... Um, we, the people who are working on this program, one of the things that um, they all enthused about when they were coming on board to start working on it was that they got to do, that connecting people with much needed cash, like who does not want that job? That's a great job. Right, right, right. Well, talk more about the groups that you're focused on, mm-hmm. Katie, for, for this round. Absolutely. So we're working with undocumented residents um, so that, of course, is anyone uh, residing in the United States uh, without legal documentation and who lack a Social Security number valid for employment. So that includes people who have come into the country um, without inspection and permission for the government or who may have entered with a legal visa and that visa is um, no longer valid. Okay. Um, Additionally, at this exact same time, we're also focusing on domestic workers. And domestic workers are anyone who in the last 12 months have been paid for household services, which have taken place in a home or private residence. And so it could include things like housekeeping, childcare, you know, caregiving, home health services, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. You're distributing the money how? Sure. So Anyone can go to our website, which is www.trycash.org, and that's where the application is. It's right at the top. So anyone who feels they might be eligible is more than encouraged to go there, click that link, and you'll be immediately directed to the application. Yeah. And and cash, Catherine, it, it really sounds like it's the best way to distribute these funds um, as opposed to checks. Oh, So uh, in terms of, like, technically how the money gets to people, they have a choice. They can either get a a direct deposit to their bank account or or there's a debit card option because a lot of the folks that we will be distributing the cash to are unbanked. Um, We're also trying to take this as an opportunity to connect more people with safe and affordable bank accounts, too. But there are going to be a lot of people who are not who are not banked. One issue at a time. Right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. How do people know that they're eligible, Katie? Sure. So our same website where you can access the application has a lot more additional information around eligibility. Um, There's also um, some links for community-based organizations, a CBO resources tab. Of course, anyone's welcome to go there. But within that also outlines all the documents that someone would need in order to submit a successful application. Oh, good. You know, we're mostly talking about uh, domestic workers, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and undocumented people. But households who claimed dependents uh, 17 years or older in their 2019 taxes, they're also eligible. Is that correct? That is, oh, yes, that yeah. is correct. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty big population is my, my first thought. You know, it's, um, it's hard to know. Hmm. I actually went to the IRS website and tried to figure out how many people in Chicago claimed a dependent 17 years of age or older on their tax return and couldn't figure it out and went to a research librarian and had them try to help me figure it out. And it's hard to know. Yeah. Well, once folks go to that website, Katie, that you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, what does the application process look like? Is there Mm -hmm. a waiting period? 
Right. So as soon as you click on that link, you'll start to fill out, obviously, the basic information. Um, We're really grateful. We partnered with an amazing technology partner called AidKit, and they've been in this space for many years, um, where we really designed an application as resident-friendly as possible and as simple as possible. The application is also in multiple languages, so the applicant can select their preferred language to go through the application if they also prefer something other than English. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just takes you step by step, just entering some basic information. It can be completed on a mobile device or a physical desktop computer, either or. You can also submit the application when you're completed. And if you forgot something, upload something later. And finally, if you need to stop it's fine. It'll take you right back to it to finish later if you need to take breaks. Um, So it's as user-friendly as possible. Um, But we do, again, have documents on our website that kind of help outline what to maybe expect to bring with you Mm -hmm. um, when you are kind of ready. But you can always go back and forth. Does it also outline wait times, you know, from applying to actually receiving the funds? Yes. So right now we are just accepting applications, as we've noted. Um, They are just reviewed on a rolling basis. So as soon as we can, you know, get to someone where our goal is obviously to do this as quickly as possible. For sure. And the deadline to apply? Yeah. So there's no set deadline since we are just rolling. Um, We do expect it to take maybe, we're guessing, uh, you know, our best estimates at around three months to probably at least, you know, get to that initial um, amount of folks that we're looking to target. But, you know, we're just, um, it's a rolling application process. So no, no set deadline. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, The Chicago Resiliency Fund is back, this time with a focus on getting direct payments to undocumented folks and domestic workers. We're speaking right now in studio with Catherine Soha and Katie Dura from Heartland Alliance. They have been coordinating a lot of this effort to uh, distribute the funds. So, Catherine, let's let's talk more about the folks that we're focused on here. Right. I mean, there have got to be some challenges to getting cash to, to people who are undocumented. Or domestic workers. You talked earlier about, for instance, a lot of people are unbanked in these groups. Yes. What else are you you facing on on your end trying to get this money to to these folks? Yeah, there definitely are challenges. Um, So one of the challenges is just there's a trust factor that comes into play when you're trying to get assistance to undocumented people. So um, you're asking for personal information. You're asking for them to enter that on a website, Mm -hmm. you know. It's connected to the government. Yes. I'm sure you get these questions. Yes, we definitely get these questions. Um, a couple of things that we've been able to do to try to um, to build trust and to make this a workable application for undocumented folks is we don't ask for immigration status anywhere in the application at all. Um, we have developed uh, an application that asks proxy questions and does not, um, you know, box anyone into declaring themselves to be undocumented or or ask any questions about immigration status at all. Um, and this money, because it's uh, the source of this money is ARPA funds, so this money does not count towards a public charge calculation. So that's something that we know is um, really important in a lot of undocumented and immigrant communities. Yeah. Anything you would add there, Katie? Because, I mean, there's a, a conversation that needs to be had with, with these folks, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I would just add that we're also so grateful that we've got some really amazing uh, partners in, in this. We couldn't obviously do this alone. So first and foremost, there are um, three other um, outreach and recruitment partners that we with the city have partnered with. 
um, YWCA of Metropolitan Chicago, um, Association House Chicago, and Chinese Mutual Aid Association. So along with them and Vega Partners, we've been able to also mobilize dozens of additional community-based organization partners. And like Catherine said, trust is such um, an, um, a, a clear um, concern for so many but a lot of these folks are connected with a trusted community-based organization mm-hmm. in their life. So they can go to that CBO and get assistance immediately. They don't have to feel alone or that they're just going to a website. They can. They absolutely can. They can go straight to that website and apply. Yeah. But they can also go and speak with someone that they know and trust and they might have been working with for many years that, that can help them and answer questions. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, it, it sounds from, from what you're saying like getting the word out is, is a big part of this. Yeah. How can other community-based organizations get involved? Yep, absolutely. So again, we really encourage more and more, as many community-based organizations as possible, come to our website at chicash.org. There's a CBO resources tab. You could immediately get information to just start assisting residents literally right now. And you can also get information on how to attend one of our CBO-specific trainings, as well as um, to join our more formal um, list of CBO partners so that you can just stay in the know and get as much information as you desire. Maybe I'll get a last word from you, Catherine. There are folks listening to us right now who might want to take advantage of this fund. What would you say? I would say um, that they should uh, click on the application, give it a shot. It is very it, it, it is, as Katie said, very user-friendly, very easy to do, um, and please, please, please reach out to us if you have questions or concerns because we really want to make this successful for people. Catherine Soha is the Director of Asset Building Programs at Heartland Alliance, and Katie Dura is the Senior Director of Programs at Heartland. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Sarah Stark, and it was edited by Meha Ahmed and Andrew Merriweather. Stay connected with Reset by subscribing to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. And give us a follow on Twitter and TikTok. We got tons of behind the scenes and extra content for you to dig into. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.